Biodiversity is kind of a big deal. And by kind of, I mean really big. Welcome, neighbors, to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world. Do you believe? I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call Hometown Earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take, big or small, to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on Hometown Earth. Hello, neighbors. Have I told you lately that I am so glad to have you here because I am. But I did keep a little secret from you, so now it is time to officially spill the beans. At the beginning of this year, I took about a month-long trip to the country of Panama. In fact, it was my third trip there. So yes, I was recording this podcast out of closets in the tropical Panamanian heat. But my cousin generously let us stay on his property, Lago Bay, which is a lake and beach neighborhood on the Pacific coast of Panama. So we had complete free range to roam about and explore. Lago Bay is home to acres of gardens and thousands of coconut trees, unique plants like the moringa plant, which is an incredibly nutrient-dense plant, and is even said to contain properties that can prevent and treat cancer. Fruits like the guanabana or soursop are used regionally to treat infections, arthritis, depression, and even colon cancer, and it tastes amazing. There are lime trees, avocado trees, mango trees, and countless different varieties of greens and flowers literally everywhere you look. Sitting out on the top of the duplex, I tried to count the varieties of birds I saw within a 30-minute span. Parrots going two by two, reaching the hundreds, finches, blackbirds with blue-tipped tails, birds of prey. As you can guess, I lost count quickly. There is a bird there called the Magnificent Frigate Bird that is nothing short of magnificent. Its wingspan is up to seven feet long and it can float along the sky and stay there for weeks without touching the ground. It doesn't even have to land to eat. It steals food from other birds mid-air. Isn't that crazy? There's a small lake that is home to turtles, caiman, white egrets, spiders, and bugs. In a short walk from the lake, you'll find yourself at the beach and see clams every morning along with more birds and animals that are living in the area. The entire place is a sanctuary, and I've made some videos that actually showcase the property that I will link in the show notes so you can see just how amazing it is and maybe even visit there someday. But the point is that it is so beautiful, and every time I'm there, I appreciate it so much. But this time, I saw things a little differently. Before, when I went, I just thought, wow, this is something like I've never seen before and kind of went about my day. This time when I went, I thought, wow, this is something like I've never seen before and might never see like this again. I was almost filled with a bit of sadness and guilt, you know, carrying that around because with all of my newfound knowledge of how humans are affecting the planet and how we are all connected, I was worried about the future of the places on earth that are like this. But then I started to talk to my cousin about this property and why it and others like it in the area just work. And it's because they are extremely biodiverse. Biodiversity is kind of a big deal. 
And by kind of, I mean really big. Biodiversity is the spice of life. By definition, it is a variability among all organisms in a particular ecological structure, such as a habitat, community, landscape, or ecosystem. Biodiversity is what it sounds like, the basis for life on Earth. And it took a long time to create it. Like, we're talking millions of years here. There are three key pieces to biodiversity. Variety of genes, variety of species, and variety of and within our ecosystems. Variety of genes, as you probably know, is what makes us, our dogs, and the plants in our house all different and unique. I have two dogs, but their gene variety means that I have a black cocker spaniel and a speckled pit mix. And the variety of species is the difference between me, a human, and my dog. The variety of our ecosystems is a dynamic complex of plant, animal, and microorganism communities and their non-living environment interacting as a functional unit. Most commonly thought of are coral reefs or the tropical rainforests, but there are many levels to ecosystems. Imagine you are standing out in front of a pond. If you started to look around, you would see different flowers, shoots of green coming from the edges of the pond, maybe some purple wildflowers. Then you would notice the fish swimming, the frogs humming, the birds buzzing, and crickets chirping. If you turned over a few big rocks near the pond's edge, I'm sure you would find bugs and worms hiding in the cool mud. And if you had brought your handy-dandy microscope, which of course we all carry those around with us, you would find thousands of bacteria living in the water. Everything that makes up the pond is its ecosystem. Now imagine you're looking at that same pond from a Google map and just keep pinching in the screen for a wider view. First, you see the bubble of your city, then your state, then your region, and so on that make up the earth. All of the plants, animals, land, water, and atmosphere make up each ecosystem, including humans. Every factor in an ecosystem depends on every other factor, either directly or indirectly. So why the heck should you care about having a biodiverse planet? Well, as I mentioned, we are all part of the ecosystem of Earth, and biodiversity is a sign of a healthy ecosystem. We depend on our ecosystem for fresh water, food and fuel sources, for medicine, climate regulation, air filtration, flood protection, a stable economy, and more. The Earth is giving us these things for free, and we are exploiting them, degrading them, and putting ourselves at risk because we know that the health of the Earth and our health are intrinsically linked. Now let's talk about a few of those. Medicine, money, food security, and nutrition. Starting with medicine, a journal in the U.S. National Library of Medicine says that the preservation of biodiversity is perhaps the single most important building block for achieving the 17 sustainable development goals as it helps to solve the rest of them. And drug diversity from wild species has always been and will continue to be one of the most critical for most, if not all, aspects of healthcare, disease prevention, and wellness. We have been cultivating medicine from wild species for thousands of years, 
and we know that most medical discoveries were made because of research into plant and animal biology and genetics. So less biodiversity equals fewer species that we have to discover and benefit from. Now let's put this into perspective. The number of Earth's current species ranges from 2 million to 1 trillion. Yes, that's a 1 with 12 zeros at the end but we only have cataloged up to 1.74 million of those, including bacteria and protists. So think about how many new vaccines, medicines, and cures could be found in the genetic makeup of our still undiscovered world. Which leads me to money. An organization, TEEB, or the Economics of Ecosystems and Biodiversity, put together a report that showed that 25 to 50 percent of the pharmaceutical sector's turnover, which is about 650 billion United States dollars per year, is derived from genetic resources. Now, that was in 2009, so you can only imagine how much that number has grown. We don't just make money from pharmaceuticals, though. We profit from biotechnology to produce antibiotics and hormones. We profit from the land and agriculture. We also gain profit for personal care items and even for Earth's beauty. A 2020 report found that more than half of the world's GDP, which is about 44 trillion U.S. dollars, is highly or moderately dependent on nature and its services. That means that our economy, our jobs, and our health are all depending on the Earth. Biodiversity also means that you're able to enjoy a wider variety of crops so that when you go to the store, you're able to leisurely pick from a wide selection of produce to eat. There are two issues with lack of biodiversity here, food security and nutrition. Less biodiversity means that more plants and animals will be susceptible to pests and disease. To aggravate that issue, we're relying on monocultures that are unsustainable. Another study found that out of the 6,000 plant species that have been cultivated for food, only nine account for 66% of total global crop production. A monoculture is a practice of farming a single crop, plant, or livestock species at a time. Monocultures make for easy, large-scale production, getting the farmer more bang for their buck, but they come at a cost. To give one example of the harms of monocultures, let's look at them as a breeding ground for pests. At Lago Bay, I saw firsthand the issues of too many coconut trees being planted. Now you might think, the more the merrier, but that is exactly what the infestation of rhinoceros beetles said. And trust me, it was not pretty to see the aftermath of their quick destruction on something so beautiful. When you have too many of one plant, pests see it as a big buffet that they can keep feeding off of versus a polyculture that is extremely sustainable and biodiverse. Polycultures allow for better nutrient utilization, better soil utilization, more stable yields since they would be less threatened by adverse weather and environmental conditions, less land and water use. They produce higher crop resistance to plant pests as we just mentioned better soil properties and soil erosion control, as well as providing a variety of foods to meet our needs and keep us healthy. Take bees as another example. Just like we eat a variety of fruits and veggies to be healthy, 
so do bees. And I'm sure you've heard the buzz about the importance of bees and other pollinating insects. But did you know that 75% of global crops producing fruits and seeds for human consumption depend at least in some part on these pollinators? By relying on monocultures and reducing biodiversity, we are diminishing the bee population and putting our food supply at risk. You know what's nuts? The number of ingredients in wasteful packaging and milk production. But you know what else is nuts? Joy's almond and cashew nut bases. It's literally nuts, and that's it. It's a perfect milk substitute without the wasteful packaging and unnecessary ingredients. It's nuts that only one tub of Joy can save up to seven milk cartons from a landfill. It's nuts that it can sit on your shelf for up to 18 months. It's nuts that Lena can make queso with this stuff. And to be honest, her food has never been better. But don't tell her I said that. And it's nuts that you can get 10% off of your order by using the code Lena Samford when you visit addjoy.com. Go nuts! So what's the scoop on biodiversity right now? Where do we stand? Well, the most common measure of biodiversity is to look at the species list to give us a sign of how our ecosystems are doing. Since 1970, the population sizes of mammals, birds, fish, amphibians, and reptiles have seen an alarming average drop of 68%, meaning that we are seeing catastrophic biodiversity loss. When we are eliminating species due to human action, we are hurting ourselves. The European Commission says even if a certain species are affected by pollution, climate change, or human activities, the ecosystem as a whole may adapt and survive. But the extinction of a species may have unforeseen impacts, sometimes snowballing into destruction of entire ecosystems. More evidence of biodiversity loss include rising trends in invasive alien species, the decline of genetic variation within species, oxygen depletion, and habit fragmentation. Biodiversity loss is caused by human action, poor and unsustainable land and resource management, including urbanization, global deforestation, agricultural expansion, pollution, and climate change. So what do we do? At a top level, we need more research on biodiversity loss, its impacts, and how it can be remedied in different parts of the world while giving back to stakeholders. Not large corporations who seek quick remedies that fit their liking just so that they can continue to reap the economic gains that the earth gives to them for free. We need to include the economic and social components of sustainability in our conversations and research about environmental sustainability and biodiversity specifically. The persistence of extreme poverty and continued rapid loss of biodiversity appear to be intimately related and focused in rural areas where the PNAS says that lack of resources, institutions, and governance structures often leaves local people ill-equipped to institute mechanisms for sustainable management of resources. We also need to bring women and indigenous people back to the forefront of these conversations. Indigenous communities have a deep understanding of the land and the need for biodiversity, and women in many parts of the world act as stewards of the land and natural resources, so biodiversity loss directly affects them. This intimate knowledge of the land could help us in the protection of our water sources, preservation of seeds, and teach us about the effective use and benefits of plants, including for food and medicine, without the land degradation. 
Their voices need to be in the same room when decisions are being made about how to move forward sustainably. Unfortunately, large corporations have stolen indigenous knowledge to profit without proper compensation, and even conservation efforts like our national parks neglected indigenous communities and the relationship with those lands, forcibly pushing them out and leaving them no room to coexist. We need to encourage solutions to properly bring these groups back to the table with reparations and protection from further damage. We also need to support the research and implementation of regenerative and sustainable agriculture techniques. But as Ghanaian diplomat Kofi Annan once said, the preservation of biodiversity is not just a job for governments. International and non-governmental organizations, the private sector, and each and every individual have a role to play in changing entrenched outlooks and ending destructive patterns of behavior. So for something to grow on this week, I wanted to give you a number of things you can do at home or in your community to help protect biodiversity. I challenge you to choose one of these and implement it this week as biodiversity needs to be protected now. So the first thing is get involved with your local habitat protecting groups or learn what invasive species are near you and how to eliminate them. You could support small local farmers when possible, protect local biodiversity and habitats when going on walks outdoors by sticking to trails and sidewalks. Reduce your use of pesticides and fertilizers in lawn care because these often run off in lawns into adjacent lakes and streams with adverse effects for the plants and animals living there. Reduce your consumption so that there is less pressure on our natural resources. Grow pollinator-friendly plants in your yard, or even hang up bee-friendly pots outside of your apartment. And finally, check the products you buy and the companies you support to ensure that your buying habits are not contributing to the destruction of habitats elsewhere. Look for labels such as FSC, which is the Forest Stewardship Council or Rainforest Alliance Certified, that protect the land and the native people living there. I want to thank you for doing your part to protect biodiversity, because whether in Panama or in your own city, the beauty and the wildlife surrounding you need your help. So let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hometown Earth as much as I did. Let us know by rating and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Tuesday. Head to the show notes linked in the episode description for more details. And let us know in the comments what you want to hear next. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram at Hometown Earth or connect with me personally personally at Lena Saintford. We all know change needs to happen. So let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.